Treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their Golden Glow body set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for smooth, glowing skin. While the Glow and Go facial set provides spa-level results at home. Both sets come in giftable boxes with savings up to $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site-wide, go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM. Everybody and welcome back to Man Bites Pod. And uh, as your good reverend, it is my pleasure to have picked our movie's choice for this week. But first, before we start any of that, I have to ask how the commander is doing. How is the Baron doing? Uh, in that order, I am well. I am tired, but I am doing well. I'm excited about both of these movies. Uh, I'm sorry, both of these movies. I'm excited about this movie that you brought to the table. Um, I, I gotta say it right out before we even get started. I'm a huge Billy Connolly fan, so nice. this fucking movie, this movie fucking rules, dude. Exactly, Commander. Who isn't a Billy Connolly fan? How could you not be? Fine choice there, Reverend. Looking forward to talking about it. I'm well and dandy, absolutely, like a uh, 1950s picket fence family at a picnic. I'll take it away. Well, that being said, we are covering 2006 Canadian zombie film, Fido. I love this film. I'm really happy we're doing it. Uh, I think it's a good addition to when I did Parents. So, you know, we're going with that. And Billy Connolly, we know him from fucking Boondock Saints. He's been in all kinds of other stuff. A bunch of the fucking Hobbit films. He was in fucking... The Pirates of the Caribbean, he, he's a good character actor. But this film is full of awesome character actors, for damn sure. Um, not only do we have Billy Connolly, we also have fucking um, the girl from The Matrix, Carrie, Carrie Amos. You also know her from fucking Memento. She's got that bitchy role, but she is the most badass housewife that this film could have. Ever fucking casted. We also have Dylan Baker. He built. He's playing the dad as Bill Robinson. We also know him from fucking Trick or Treat. Another phenomenal fucking character actor. And in a really small role, we got Tim Blake Nelson, and he's playing Mister Theopolis. We know him from Oh Brother Where Art Thou. You know, all of these people are fucking awesome actors. And this is their opportunity to shine in this low-budget Canadian horror film that really encompasses fucking Americana at its prime. What's, what's really amazing about several of those people you just mentioned, this to me is what a really good actor is. Like, I personally, I love De Niro, but De Niro plays fucking De Niro in every fucking movie he's in. But she knows the same thing. They're not bad actors. They're actually really great, and I enjoy watching them. But they're playing caricatures of themselves. Whereas Carrie Ann Moss, you'd recognize her. You're like, oh, I know her. She was in this movie. But you saw six other movies with her and didn't realize it was her. You know what I mean? Same as especially Tim Blake Nelson. That guy's been in 
so many movies and he he blends perfectly into wherever he's at he's incredible absolutely incredible Fuck absolutely yeah. I'd also like to uh, throw to the mix Billy Connolly uh, stand-up comedian this is primary vocation and he does very well with character acting but this is a physical piece this is a physical performance and he pulls it off very very well so you know he's gone levels beyond uh, I did mean to me I wanted to mention that oh, I'm sorry to cut you off there Baron no, that's right. No, I'm good. I'm good. I just wanted to point out how well he's done with this. Come on. I, I actually wanted to mention that I, I the first place I ever saw Billy Connolly, even before Boondock Saints, was his stand-up. Yeah. And and then I saw him in Boondocks, and I'm like, it's fucking amazing. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Billy Connolly mark. Yeah, and he's got a big tray to fucking pull this zombie role from because it's obviously an homage to fucking Day of the Dead with Bob, the character. A hundred percent. It's perfectly this character. It's a evolution of the American zombie genre. That being said, let's start off with some of this plot shit. Um, hey, guess what? It's Americana. We're going to do the 1950s. Where do we get zombies from? In this case, they come from space. So we're getting some zombie radiation coming in through the ozone layer. And it, it infects people. And this one just doesn't affect the newly dead. It affects people that have already died. So we have people rising from the graves and a lot of new dead people rising from the fucking graves. This ends with the zombie wars. And we have this World War III apocalyptic zombie reel that is shown in, in this aspect that is like this 1950s school film you know that um you would see it, it's the bombs coming type of film this is propaganda added yeah the, the get under your desk zombies. the bombs are falling yeah <clears throat> so um through these films we learn that zomcom the government slash corporation that ends up prevailing during the zombie wars or zombie apocalypse they kind of take over things and they figure out hey we can scientifically experiment on these zombies and we can put these collars on them and now we have slaves basically oh. hey can i jump in i wanted to say something all the things that we're talking about that you're talking about like the the war and 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 the and the propaganda that is all starkly staunchly and 100 american there aren't other even western countries that really fall under this as much. i don't even think canada did it the same way we did the way we dealt with nuclear propaganda and war propaganda and things like that like this is all mm. a very american picture that's being painted if i'm not mistaken you're not mistaken but it is worth pointing out that even in new zealand we felt the impact extent of that propaganda we were told to get under our desks growing up in new zealand based on the safety protocols put out by the American government. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. And, and this Canadian director definitely portrays this shit in a perfect way that it's, it's propaganda and we're all going to fucking die, but we're going to do it with a smile on our face because we got a fucking white picket fence and no one else sees anything past that white picket fence because in the side of those homes, there's turmoil. Let's introduce our main 
focal family, the Robinsons. So we got Helen, the beautiful housewife, portrayed by the woman from Memento. We have her husband that is a wreck of anxiety, Bill, and their son, Timmy, who is the most basic cherub of a white little boy that you could ever have in any fucking film. We're going to get to that shit later. So we have the family. Everyone else has their zombies. This is when we get introduced to Mr. Theopolis, who has his zombie, who is his maid slash obviously fucking sex slave that he has. He's got a sex slave, but no one looks that deep into the situation. But there's a, there's a metric ton of implied necrophilia throughout this fucking movie. Thousands. A metric ton. <laughs> so he the, is he is the quagmire of this neighborhood, the nec necrophiliac quagmire of this neighborhood. <laughs> so on the outside of this picket fence, the Robinsons look like a perfect family. They don't know that the dad, Bill, is a wreck of anxiety and that it is completely ruined on the inside because why would you do that? This is an American film. You would never see past that white picket fence. But the thing that they do say is that they don't have a slave. They don't have a zombie slave. Fuck, why don't they have a zombie slave? Everybody else on the block's got a zombie slave. So, Helen, being the conscientious housewife that she is says we need to get one you know what we we need to get one. um the bottoms just moved, moved in next door he is the leader the president of security at zomcom this is not only the corporation that's saving our lives but the government service that's saving our lives as well he is the big man on campus. That is for damn sure. He's got like 11 zombies. We don't got no zombies. Why? Because my husband is a fucking wreck of anxiety. So she does the proper housewife thing. She takes care of the goddamn situation. She goes and gets herself a zombie. Yep, keeping up with the Joneses, man. She, yeah, you got to yeah. keep up with the Joneses, man. Yeah, they got six. We got to have at least one. It was six, by the way. He had six zombies. Yeah, and you know she makes up the house. She she makes fucking pot roast and everything to to break it off, break this ice easy with Bill. You know she really wants this to go well, but Bill, he's a wreck of anxiety, and we find out why because he had to shoot his own daddy in the fucking face because he became a zombie. That that fuck up with a person. You know it, it really gives you some problems. I'll give you the PTSD, man. A little so bit, a little bit. Helen and Bill, mommy and daddy, decide that they need to go have a fucking private conversation and yell at each other in the other room. Well, Timmy's left with this zombie that's kind of basically a slave now, but he befriends him and he decides he needs to give him a name. He plays catch with him. He's going to name him Fido, right? His dad never plays catch with him. No, that ain't happening. He's got a new yeah. best friend. Fido plays catch with him just like his dog. But then he comes to realize that Fido is more than just a dog. He used to be an actual human fucking being. Maybe you shouldn't be a fucking slave. So exactly, exactly. If I may, like, um, it's and I like, don't explicitly 
state the word slave, but it's very much inferred. Yeah, like the zombies are kept as, kept as slaves. And calling uh, the zombie Fido pretty much dog, and he refers to the zombie as boy <laughs> on, on quite a few number of occasions. There's all these obvious references to slavery. Um, even up until this point at the start of the film, it's very clear if it's not explicitly stated the word well, slave. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all implied, but it's 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 a pretty thin veil. I mean, even it's the very, stuff where the little thin veil, yeah. the little girl <coughs> from the what is it, the Murphys, the fucking <coughs> I can't bottoms. remember. Yeah, the bottoms are the neighbors. Yeah. So, uh, but they no, but they moved into the Murphys' old house. That's what it was. So ah. they that's that's where I got confused. So. This little girl, she befriends Timmy, um, seemingly like she was forced to because her dad told her to, but she actually likes Timmy, and she's clearly not into this 1950s, I got to be this little girl, I got to be this perfect person thing. And while she's talking to Timmy and showing that she's actually rebellious on some level, bails him out because she says, yo, you're not supposed to have a zombie out here without a leash. And... She throws her jump rope around his neck. She's like, my dad's going to care about that. Throws a jump rope around his neck and shows that, A, she's not scared to roll the dice in the face of authority, even when it's her dad. B, that she thinks everything's fucked up, too, just like Timmy does. And C, that's another thinly veiled reference to slavery. I mean, they've already got shackles around their throat, but if you're out in public, you better make sure that they're on a leash. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. for yeah. sure, man. Uh, all very like thinly veiled, but still within that white picket fence thing. Don't look any deeper. You know, th- this Canadian really fucking summed up Americana in a brilliant fucking way. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's um, it's an outside set of eyes looking on something that you know. And I'm glad he fucking did it because it's a brilliant fucking film. He did an amazing job with this. Fido doesn't want to be on this fucking leash. His fucking collar, it malfunctions. You know, he's got to eat some brains, so he takes out the fucking neighbor with her fucking annoying-ass little dog. Makes sense to me. I mean, don't... not going to get into it. That fucking... You mean the busybody? That fucking Uh, dog that was... Uh, I couldn't stand her. Not a fan. It was almost so, my bit of violence. It was almost my bit of violence just because of how much I disliked it. So Bub, oh, excuse me, Fido fucking chomps down on the old lady that's the busybody, and Timmy's got to take matters into his own hands, and he does. He fucking puts that fucking old lady zombo, zombie down like that. You know why? Because he's been instructed his entire life through fucking educational films that he watches at school every single fucking day so he knows how to take out a zombie he knows how to shoot a fucking zombie straight up in the head and he does it he takes care of the situation but not before she fucking bites someone else and starts the zombie plague within the perimeter of the town so now we got a zombie plague fucking breaking out timmy gets the fucking collar back on he's got to go get fucking mr theopolis to fix the fucking collar right he's like Hey, I need you to fix this collar. It's not working for me. Um, so Mr. Theopolis fucking fixes it. He he cons the little kid into mowing the grass, which is also very thinly veiled, like you owe me one. 
So uh, after that point, it's time for the Robinsons to go meet the neighbors. And they go have to have dinner with the Bottoms. And Daddy Bottom is the fucking leader of all of fucking Zomcom. He is a war hero. He's got a million fucking kills. And he takes Bill, and, and Bill's just fucking... And have I mentioned that he is literally a shaking chihuahua through this entire film? He is nervous about all the zombies that are around. I mean, fucking rightfully so. People are trying to eat your brains all the time. I, I think that might be an issue. To be fair, unlike... Anybody that had to cut their father's head off when they were 11 years old would probably be a little traumatized by the zombies. I would think so, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter how charming Billy Connolly is, he's still, you know, an undead eating machine. So, yeah. Right. I agree with that. But oh, that scene, like, dude, that scene in the backyard where he's got to take the trash out and he's like, fucking talking to himself about his wife, like, fucking talk to me about it. I'm scared. I'll fucking tell you what tell you what the business is. And he walks out and then he sees this fucking fight out and goes, oh shit. <laughs> and then he then he goes back in the house and gets the thing and shocks him to be like, yeah, that's what I thought. Like, yeah. Yo, man, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. He's yeah. he's made a pussy, but the thing is, he's trying that's that Americana popping up again, where he's trying to be this impossible tough guy that doesn't exist. Like he's trying to be like, Nope, just put on a straight face and get through the day. That's the way we do things. There's no weakness over here ever, 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 ever. And it's just not how life is. But it's how everybody in this country is instructed to act kind of until this day. Yeah, so, even if the horror, so even if the horror is uh, pretty much straight in front of you, we have um, uh, the necrophiliac with Tammy, yeah? Um, <laughs> When, when um, he's fixing Fido's collar, he talks about how he's had a few close calls with Tammy and shows a bike march. She's always chomping on the teeth, not with the teeth, Tammy. And then there's um, in silhouette up in the bedroom window one night. He has her chained up and she's biting at him. And he's pretty much in his underwear dancing, the sexy dance, the forbidden dance in front of her. Everyone walking past the street, uh, the house on the street, can see what is happening. But as you say there, Reverend, white picket fence, don't look too deep into it, just keep moving. You know, keep smiling. This mm -hmm. film does encapsulate that very well. You are right. Yeah. So, do you think that that's the teeth thing? That that's that that that. that I mean, because we see that Fido, B Billy Connolly's character, has some semblance. And we'll get into that later of his old self. Yeah. Do you think that's the thing with Tammy? Because the whole thing with Tammy was he got her right when she turned into a zombie, so no decomposition set in. Yeah. She's the only one yeah. that's not rotted. So that's why it's not as gross, I guess. It's gross, but it's not as gross. So, but she clearly, if she's gnashing at him, even with the collar on, she's just letting him know, I fucking bit you once, motherfucker. Like, that's why he's like, Tammy with the teeth. Hey, yeah. Tammy with the teeth. He Ab says oh, absolutely. that at least five times in this movie. Yeah, yeah, which does point out this woman is still a slave. She is a sex slave. <laughs> but she still yeah. has, even though she's a zombie, quote-unquote, we think of zombies yeah. as being violent. Uh, there is a yeah. semblance of, the, of their, for lack of a better term, their soul, their being, who they actually yes. are, their personality. Yeah. Is, yeah. Do you think that might be what that is? I'm getting that now that I'm yeah, getting I think it. so, yes. Because I, there is I almost had a problem with the fact that he got bit, and I'm like, wait, what the shit is this? He, he got bit, but he's not a zombie. It doesn't make sense. 
but maybe it didn't go deep enough. I don't know, but that scar is pretty big. I think that would be enough to turn a motherfucker into a zombie, but I don't know. I digress. I'm getting into lore now, zombie lore, but. I get what you're saying. By By this point in the fucking film, this is when we start to realize that these zombies do have a semblance of their old humanity. You know, this is the point that we really start to realize this because this is the point where Mr. Theolopoulos is working on fucking Fido's collar and he's trying, Fido's trying to reach for the pack of cigarettes. He's like, nah, dude, I don't want to fucking smoke, man. I haven't had a cigarette in fucking years. Like, that's where we start to have this semblance. And right after the fucking date night with the bottoms next door and daddy bottoms, like, I'm obviously the zaddy bottom, fucking and they go back home, that's when Helen decides that she wants to dance. And she tries to dance with Bill. But Bill is such a wreck of anxiety from dealing with his life and with his boss next door that he can't do it. So she goes to big old Zaddy Fido over here, starts dancing around with him. That's when you get this humanity that the zombies actually have the humanity within them that is... Yeah, that Timmy had seen previously that Timmy had noticed because through the eyes of a child, we know might know the knowledge. So, you know, I mean, it progresses. And this is when we get that semblance of humanity. But Big Daddy Bottoms next door realizes this as well. And so Bill and Mr. Bottoms, they take away fucking Fido. They take him away. They're like, no, Timmy, I'm sorry. You can't have fucking your zombie buddy anymore. And Helen cannot have any dance partners either because there's also some inherent necrophilia going on there too. That's like the fourth time it's happened in this film. Like like I said, there's there's a bunch of it. You know what you skipped over though is the inherent and very obvious breaking the 1950s going into the 1960s and the rise of feminism which is definitely happening in this movie and it's also super thinly veiled and i like that it's thinly veiled i don't need a i don't need a complex metaphor for this i just like seeing this broad telling that motherfucker to get his own beer in his own house and it's the first time she's ever been there that shit was gangster dude (laughs) absolutely and what and um well, Carrie Ann Moss Trinity does kick ass in this film when she saves uh, her son as well from those two punk ass bullies as well. And Fido helps as well. And that fuels the romance, <laughs> the necrophiliac romance between Fido and uh, what is her name in the film? Mrs. Robinson. Sorry. Yeah, um, Helen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Helen, thank you. Um, yeah, so you, you do have the um, the humanity coming through of the undead, the humanity of the slaves is what it's really saying. You can't enslave people because we're all goddamn humans, yeah? Um, but And it's also that woman's liberation is coming through, Helen, and um, when she pops a cap, <laughs> several caps in the, in the fucking dome of one of the punk-ass bullies. Right. Loved it. I've got got a big one to point out to you guys about this feminism thing, and I'm waiting for Terry to get to that specific part to talk about. But there's a bunch of nods to other movies, and we got to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. 
So what what the Baron's talking Basically. about is that Timmy's having a fucking hard time, and you know he gets out of school. These bullies get blamed for fucking the zom getting shooting one of these zomcom officers or whatever. They get caught fucking trying to take out the zombies on their own free will. They, they get did in shoot trouble. that guy. Yeah, they shot that guy, and then they they fucking blame Timmy. They blame Timmy completely. Why? Because they're assholes and they're bullies and stuff. So they fucking take Timmy and they try to tie him to a tree. Fucking Bub tries yeah. to fucking save him and stuff, and all of a sudden Helen comes up and she's like, "Oh hell no! What does Mama do? She fucking takes care of the entire motherfucking situation. Capping your head." Captain Yorhead, I don't care that you're 12 years old. I don't care if you're a zombie or if you're not a zombie. You tie my kid to a tree. Your bodies are going in this motherfucking shed, and I'm setting the fucking thing on fire, and I'm telling my son, you didn't see anything. Okay. So can we can we can we can we talk about a couple of homages first, real quick? Please. Let's get the big let's get the big one out of the way. I I uh, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't. We've been all really, really busy, so I didn't get a ton of research done on these movies. I watched both of them, but I did not get a ton of research done. So I'm just going off gut instinct here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But first of all, the first thing I noticed is the town is named Willard. That's the town from Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. same name yeah. of the town. Okay. The other one, now there's, there's a few others, and I'll let you guys get to them, but right here is where I wanted to talk about. When she walks into that fucking bush after those zombies that fucking I, I think we should call him Bub from now on because I'm not I'm not mad at that. Fucking Bub throws throws the older bully into the bush and Mama Bear comes walking down there and she's got the gun up like this and she's walking away. That is 150 percent an homage to I spit on your grave. Yeah. Oh, well spotted. Well spotted. Fantastic. She and, and, uh, and also, once again, just like I spit on your grave, she's not fucking around anymore. She no longer gives a fuck what her husband thinks about anything. She's going to do what she wants to do. She's going to make sure this kid gets taken care of first and foremost. And she, and after that, like, hey, man, if you're happy with this, cool. If not, I kind of don't give a fuck. I got other shit to do. Me and this fucking dead guy will hang out. Like, he smokes cigarettes and fucking looks after this kid better than you do fuck you yeah, yeah. right yeah um if i could dovetail the night of the living dead uh homage as well references like uh the um spores from out of space that turn yes. the zombies in the first place the black and white footage with the uh 16 millimeter uh footage there as well there's quite a few dutch tilts throughout you know the crooked camera which sure. made reference to that as well you yeah know? it's definitely a big influence yeah the the news stories as well uh, yeah. had a, they 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 some of those bits were taken directly from the radio broadcast that they were listening to you know I mean not directly they they definitely changed a few words around but it was clearly the the news broadcasts were something of an homage to the original it, it, it echoes it it echoes it definitely um, I just wanted to if this is just me let me know. Uh, the two bullies, the two little punk ass bullies, very much Hitler Youth. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because they're living under fascism, they're a hundred percent living in a fascist society. Which, in fascism, you believe you are free. It's it's nineteen eighty four. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. Orwellian as a motherfucker. It's this Absolutely. is the two, and this is the two minutes hate. 
where they where they get to fucking hurt these people yeah. and these kids yeah. just live to fucking win and be on top and be the best and be at the top of the heap so that they can be the ones hurting people and not anywhere near in danger of being the ones hurt. That's what happens under fascism. It's, yeah. it's subtle. Um, I mean, they're like Boy Scouts, uh, but they do have the haircuts as well and the Zomcom offices. They're not SS-looking, but they are German soldier-looking in terms of the hats that they're wearing and whatnot, yeah. And the, the HJ, the HJ hitler Jugend thing, man, it's, it's strong with it, with the way they're... Yeah, clearly that's a reference to the Boy Scouts, but the fact that they never take the uniforms off, ever... <laughs> that's true <laughs> um yeah oh can I, I have one more thing before we go any further i'm so i know this is your episode reverend but the fucking beginning where they're practicing i mean in like the first five minutes remember they're practicing shooting guns in school that's their physical education that's like their outdoor education they're right. shooting what those if i had to guess they're 22s okay those 22s uh they're shooting and there's the part where what does he say uh he says okay so the bullies kick timmy to the ground and they hold the gun at his face the teacher loses his sh- her shit and then your man uh bottom comes over and grips up the gun and fucking then shoots it at the ground after the kid goes it's not loaded and he shoots a bullet into the ground he's like well, it felt like it wasn't loaded, felt like it was empty. And he goes, he goes, a good cadet knows how many bullets he has. Here's, this is just one of those weird nerd things that I noticed. That's a bolt action 22 with no magazine in it. That means there could have only been one round in it. And that kid absolutely knew there was a fucking bullet there. But it's right. weird that the fucking guy would defend it. It's almost like he sees potential in the kid because he would have to know it's bullshit. And it was very obvious. This guy thought of everything. There's very brilliant moves made cinematically in this. This doesn't seem like a continuity error. It seems like it was done on purpose. And I might be, I might be fucking David Cronenberg overthinking this. I, I might be. But I really don't think that there is a fucking scene in this that was not thought out. Because just like the fucking Hitler youth and the fact that Timmy is the one that has the humanity to not want to be a part of this, that's the humanity that is reflected in his best friend, Fido, that is his zombie dog, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Bottoms takes fucking Fido away. The, The little boys are fucking burned in a shed. Um, Timmy finds out through Mr. Bottom's daughter that they are keeping Bubba, sorry, Fido, um, (laughs) in the factory that Mr. Bottoms would never kill or put down a useful zombie. That's the thing is that like, he still has potential. He can still move rocks. He can still move fucking levers. We're not going to get rid of this actual thing that we can control. And that's what Mr. Bottoms is after. It's not about protecting the civilization. It's about him having control of the civilization, i.e. the fascist fucking state that he is in charge of. So, mm-hmm. 
Timmy, what does he do? He's got to go bust out his fucking best friend, Fido, from the fucking factory. So he enrolls Mr. Theopolis and his fucking girlfriend, Tammy, um, go bust him out. And they come up with this fucking big old brilliant 18 plan and it goes to shit like that, man. I tell you what, dude. You know, like they're like, okay, let's go. I'm gonna take this collar off of this other guy, and the zombie goes crazy. Hecticness fucking ensues, but the only zombie that gets shot in the face is fucking Tammy, and it doesn't really actually fucking hurt her. It just kind of blows a chunk off of the fucking top of her dome, like like a graze shot, right? Yeah, like it like it didn't actually hit her brain, which is what would kill a zombie. Like no, she's not dead, but she's fucked up. And she's and but she's just standing there like she's still alive or whatever. But Mr. Theopolis is not fucking taking this shit at all. He fucking kills that motherfucker on the spot. I love and he that. Runs one. underneath the fucking uh underneath the door. He goes into the fucking factory trying to find Fido. All right. At this point, finally, fucking uh, Mr. Robinson comes home and he's like, Helen, where's our kid? Helen's fucking under, you know, she she understands. She finds the note. She's like, we need to go to the fucking factory and go get our son. So they go start driving to the fucking factory. They get in and, and finally Mr. Robinson is like, no, I'm going to have some balls. You stay with the car, Helen. I'm going to go take care of the situation. Like, finally. And, and he shook. He shook the entire time. He gets onto the factory floor. There's zombies. They're all chained up and shit. But he's freaking out because he cannot handle the fucking stress of the situation. Timmy gets caught by Mr. Bottoms. Mr. Bottoms drags Timmy out to the perimeter of the fence. And he says... Hey, if you don't want to be a part of this fascist fucking civilization that I am in charge of, then I'm kicking you the fuck out and you are going to get eaten. He kicks him out of the fence. Mr. Robin comes in. He he wants to save the situation. Mr. Bottoms, Mr. Robinson, they're all fucking tussling and stuff. Cat, what happens? Mr. Robinson gets fucking shot. Mr. Bottoms is all obviously the bigger man. He stands up. Fascism is one. But no. Timmy calls out. He calls out to his friend, Fido. His best friend, Fido. And Fido, through the humanity that he has, destroys fascism by fucking eating Mr. Bottoms' brains. Fucking beautiful scene. We love it. We got to wrap up the end of the movie now, though. You know, Mr. Robinson's gone. Mr. Bottoms, as of right now, we think that he's dead, too. So we have a nice family picnic. We have Fido. He's got his nice Hawaiian shirt on. He's looking good. He's smoking cigarettes and shit. Helen, she's already had the baby. Which I really thought that this was going to be a zombie baby at the end. Like, I, I was really waiting for that fucking thing to open up. And it was just going to be like, yeah, all those references about necrophilia that we've made this entire film, they were totally true because Bio yeah. was fucking Helen. But we but knew she was a regular was, baby. She, we knew it was a regular baby because she's pregnant at the very beginning. Yeah. Remember? Like they had that whole subtext. 
that whole subtext about how how uh, what's his name? Bill? Not Bill. Is it Bill? The father? Bill Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, Bill. He didn't notice. He didn't notice ever. Like until she was like six months pregnant, and she had to be like, yeah, "Motherfucker, yeah. look at this!" And and, and he's like, "Sorry." And when Ben and Bill and when um Helen tells Bill that uh, she is pregnant, he says, "Oh, we can't. Can we really afford another child on my salary?" I no, forget what the no. wording was. What was the wording? He said, "He said, he said, I just don't know if I can afford another funeral on my salary." Because that's the subtext. That's what he's so concerned about is that the whole thing is when somebody dies, you have to burn them and then put them, their head in separate places. And you got to do this. Head coffin. The head coffin. The radiation is so severe that everyone that dies, even in the safe zones and not, I can't remember what it's called, the badlands. I can't remember. But um, they, they become zombies too. So yeah. that's why they can't figure out throughout the movie exactly where the zombie outbreak came from, why they can't pin it on Timmy and Fido and whoever else. They, they, they think that someone died and came back immediately and then started biting people. So this fucking, yeah. this fucking Bill, who's so traumatized by his father's death in the original World War Z, is so upset. He, he's like, I made sure to pay for everybody to get burnt after they die and yeah he's like if i got another kid i don't know if i can do it so once again it's fascist shit i don't know if anyone can work enough to pay to die which is kind of also a brilliant merit metaphor instead of thinking about school living life better yeah. it's yeah i don't know if we can afford to die yeah Exactly, exactly. Um, it's, 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 it's like systemic. Um, you know, he grew up in a system where it was okay for him to shoot his father in his head. It was a necessity. He grows up to be a father who doesn't notice that his wife is pregnant, who gives a gun to his son as a way of bonding with him and says that feelings aren't, aren't important. Being alive is, um, or even extending from that, actually having a funeral for when you're dead <laughs> is the most important thing of all um yes yeah, so, my, um, my dad gave me a gun to bond with me <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna say man this is america yeah like my dad totally gave yeah. me a gun as a bonding experience yeah, as well that, <laughs> that wasn't weird to me it was weird the that venue <laughs> that he it was weird the venue and the age that he chose and the caliber of handgun that he chose that was a little odd but it wasn't crazy but the, it really was it, it's not it's not out. It's not fantastical to think that that sure, sure. would happen. I understand. I understand. <laughs> I understand living in America, you know, thinking in that way. But the point of that scene being that um, that uh, Bill, he was of the opinion, you know, in his heart, he knew it, like. Um, having feelings and emotions makes you human. Uh, for Bill, no, it was just being alive to serve the system, yeah? To live in the correct manner, the government, government, governmentally prescribed manner is the proper way to live and uh, feelings and emotions are second place, yeah? Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what I really took from the film. Um, it's what I liked about the film and had the slavery metaphor. Yes, sure. I mean, I mean, the loss of humanity um, that to, was shown because of the systemic way of living. Yeah, to put it in a much simpler like metaphor, yes. it's kind of one of those things where you see 
that the zombies and the humans are basically the same. They're both yeah. enslaved. They yeah. both thank you. But but it's an illusion of freedom. It's it's the I have a zombie slave, so I'm free because I'm above that person. But there's all these other people above them. But nobody's free. You do you can't just go where you want. You can't behave the way you want. You can't do what you want, say what you want, act the way you want. You can't even go outside at certain times of night. You and if you do, you have to do certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, mm. it's, it's, it's legitimately the Third Reich. It's it's that all over again. The way the way the streets were controlled by the Gestapo. You know, papers, please. It's papers, please. That's what it is. Right. But yeah, the zombies and the humans. The zombies and the humans are basically under. They are they're the same. They're under the same thumb. They just both they one has the illusion that they have sway over the other. That's it. A hundred percent, man. And that illusion is really what ends up rounding out the end of this movie. They're all fucking barbecuing. Mr. Rob or Mr. Bottoms ends up becoming a zombie pet as well for his daughter, you know, and it's all suburban stuff. But the underlying meaning is that it was another. That's another feminist. That's another feminist reference, of course. For sure, man. And <laughs> it, the underlying meaning is that there's just nothing is actually achieved. They are still living in a post-apocalyptic landscape under a corporate fucking governmental rule by Zomcom, and it's all wiped clean. Mm-hmm. And behind the picket fence doesn't matter as long as americana is fucking saved and that's what the way the fucking film ends it's brilliant i love this fucking film i love it i love every second of it and just quickly i I was glad that tammy was shown some respect and treated like the undead queen that she was (laughs) she is at the end of the film when mr theodopolis was bringing her uh, a lemonade you know like only the best for my tammy i just enjoyed that once once again it's the it's the it it's this is a honestly above all this is a this is a um it's a metaphor for this is what fascism is at its core in in an artistic way and it's also it's a very pro-feminine movie i think above anything else it's pro-feminine yeah which is an homage to the fucking romero films the original romero fucking trilogy and every single shot of this film is such an homage, even up to Tammy looking and walking around the way that Frankenhooker does. You know, it, it's it, yes, every yes. single fucking yes. scene is an homage scene. This is a one-off film that I fucking love just as much as fucking parents. It's it's these weird like moments in cinematic history that this could only have been made during the zombie fucking revival of the early 2000s when this was the fucking hit like this genre was making tons upon tons of films but fido and specifically is just above and fucking beyond so you know um the the makeup the makeup was homage like the way fucking Fido is painted is specifically buff. Everyone's blue, but he's the he's a specific tint, and he's exactly. got specific shades. And and Tammy, like you said, she's got 
zombie face, but the rest of her is good looking. Yeah. That's Frankenhooker all day. Like there's references to obscure movies that are hard to find right now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you're yeah, absolutely the, right. I, I love this. And the attention to detail in terms of the makeup on uh, in regards to the stages of decomposition as well. Uh, there's fine amount of detail, attention to detail was placed upon that. Like Tammy, as you said, um, she um, uh, became a zombie, like freshly killed, he grabbed you know. Um, and then the, the ones who have like, like Bub, and then the ones um, who have been a zombie longer than Bub, they're at a um, further mm-hmm. stage of decomposition, and that's reflected in the makeup. Yeah, there's fine attention to detail. A hundred percent. So let me let me ask you, do you remember? I'm gonna look it up real quick if you guys don't remember. What year did Shaun of the Dead come out? Because I feel like it was before, like a two, three, four years before. It was a bit before, I think. Two, you, okay, so I honestly think there's some references to that in here too. Yeah, there I, probably is, man. I wouldn't see why there wouldn't be 2004. Okay. Th- this was 2006, so it was two years before. Go. Okay, so the reason I say that. The reason I say that, it, it, I, it's one of the things I thought of, but I couldn't remember at, while I was watching it, and I was extremely tired, so I apologize. Like, I did not do my research on this. But, okay, so the opening of Shaun of the Dead was brilliant because they are walking. We should probably do that at some point. But they're, yeah. these, these people are walking around doing normal shit. And then later on, you see them doing the same shit. They're, they're still, they're zombies and they're brain hungry, but they're still going through their normal day-to-day shit. And they show that mm-hmm. as though they've got, they, that's what's happening, but they've got control of these people now. And so they've got them delivering milk and they've got them delivering mail and they've got them running the grocery store. Do you see what I mean? Like, I, I saw a lot of shots, like literal cinematographic shots that were like Shaun of the Dead and some that were Day of the Dead, some that were Return of the Living Dead. Even. I mean, yeah. there's some, some, some stuff that's lifted from these people and it's, and it's very clearly not biting, but homage all day. They're, they're paying tribute. Fantastic, fantastic. For sure, the, pro- the production design in terms of like kitsch horror, if you will, uh, you know, uh, commenting on Americana appearance, for example. This movie, Fido, I think does it the best. I know I probably had a bit more budget uh, than parents, I'm assuming, but they used that budget while I believe the budget for this was 8 million. The production design, the coloring of, uh, you know, the settings of the world, the story that this is set in, uh, fantastic work. Really, really fine. You can't forget that there's something like 20, was parents 1986? Yeah. So, so so there's 20 there's that's what I was Yeah, there is 20. 20 years. Sure, 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 sure. So just just the technological advances. Yeah. Absolutely. Between absolutely. between 20 years, that's definitely a factor too, but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. They, um, yeah, they do I definitely well. think there there are parents references in this movie as well. Um oh, for sure. They're if Terry and I made a fucking movie together, the, it yeah. would be nonstop <laughs> homage. The whole first thing we ever made would just be remaking forty-eight to to sixty yeah. movies. It'd be a drinking game. Take a shot when you spot the reference. Spot exactly. <laughs> and trying to get people pick it out, motherfuckers. Figure it out. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Also, I'm a sucker for 
I am a sucker for A period pieces, but most of all, rewritten, uh, rewritten history period pieces. Like Man in the High Castle, Philip K. Dick type shit. Like right, I, right. Alternate universe type shit almost, yeah. It's my favorite right. thing. It's my favorite yeah. thing in the world, okay. especially if you have that classic, that classic propaganda level like height of prop American propaganda level, 1940s, 50s era America. Like it's my favorite thing in the world. So right. this is this is my new favorite. I had seen this once before, but kind of forgot about it. Uh, I think I was probably too drunk and fell asleep. But I digress. So, I this is in this is one of my favorite movies ever. I'm gonna watch this again tomorrow. Uh, go. Fuck yeah, man. So, uh, product placement, other than the fucking propaganda films that were obviously, like, that, those were government issue here in America during that time period. Other than that, product placement isn't too, I, I didn't really see anything. It looks no. like there's a fake pack of Marlboros that he's fucking reaching for, but it's obviously a fake pack of fucking Marlboro cigarettes that he's reaching for yeah it's the, um, it's the logo it's a different brand that's a very canadian thing like yeah they're Let's like we're not, to... we're not we're not we're gonna we're not gonna pay these motherfuckers money we'll make a reference but we ain't paying them shit for sure uh let's get into best bit of violence i want you guys just to one go thing. first sorry just one thing before the gimmicks i do want to shout it out just being the actor have to shout out billy Connolly because he wanted to challenge himself to not do a speaking role, to do a purely physical role, to see if he could pull it off. Nothing but grunts and facial expressions. Then he pulled it off 100%. Shout out, but he kind of lead it well. So. He, he said that, did he? Yeah. 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 I love it. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Amazing. You know what else I was surprised about? His his beard was gone. Like, he's, I've yeah. never seen him without a goatee and a That's mustache. True. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he probably was bent out of shape, but he must have been bent out of shape about that. Um, <laughs> Scottish man. Oh, oh, you know what? I'm so glad. Okay, I'm sorry, Terry. I know we got to do gimmicks, but okay. Do you remember when they're driving in the car? And I mean, literally, like anytime they're driving in the car in the country, it's the exact same blue screen behind them or green screen. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't place it, and it made me nuts. Is it Hitchcock? Is it? Is it? It's is Hitchcock. It, is it? It's it is. It's the bird. Yes. I fucking knew it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. But um, so I know, like, I noticed they were driving in the car, but then I noticed it's like days later, and two other people are driving in a car, and it's the exact same one. I'm like, all right, I know this one. I fucking know it. I couldn't figure it out. Well one done, Terry. Movie, Thank you. Movie reference. One more. Um, I don't know if it's a homage, but it's certainly a reference. When uh, Fido and uh, the kid are running across the uh, the hills there th through the grass, you know, the long grass. Sound of fucking music. Yep. 100%. <laughs> they even did the, the fucking, yeah, man. Yeah. That's absolutely, yeah. that's absolutely a sound <laughs> of music reference. Hilarious. Oh, I love it. All right. All right. Okay. What, are we, okay. what are we doing, uh, Reverend? Yeah. I know we got to get to gimmicks here. Let, let's do best bit of, bit of violence here. Okay. You you guys go first because I got something offhand because I like to be a dick. Who goes first? I go because I've already said mine is when uh, Mama Robinson caps the uh, 
hunt bully in the head several times <laughs> when it shoots the, the shoots bully in the head both. several times pardon yeah she shoots there's one bit, there's, there's the one bit where she um, you know like bub through the uh the larger bully uh, the more rotund bully into the bushes. <laughs> she walks into the bushes. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> it's, just, it's like wow, Trinity, yep. go, <laughs> love yep. it. it. was fantastic. So yeah, I mean, you. I kind of want to count this whole scene, but it's that's mine too. That's mine too, a hundred percent. If yeah, I gotta pick is, one yeah. part of it, it's that. But I kind of want to take the whole scene. She puts. Sure. You can hear she sure. shoots a gun into several people's head because it's pop pop and then there's a beat of silence and then pop pop she shoots the other one and then she's then the next thing drags them into the fucking fucking cabin sets that bitch on fire and she she lights a match and goes don't you never saw any of this and chucks it in that motherfucker and sets it on fire and she never even breaks stride just like nope that's what's got to happen i don't give a fuck that was gangster. That's absolutely yes. my favorite scene in the whole movie. And there's not even a close second. I love that. I concur. Co-sign 100%. Carrie Ann Moss kicked ass in this movie. She was my choice, my favorite character. Absolutely. She was fantastic. 100%. So she started off, she started off like, I'm like, I, I don't know yeah. about this. And I am absolutely in love with that character. She's my favorite in the whole movie. In the whole movie, yeah. she's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. This could be the best yeah. role I've ever seen her in. I'll go. I'll, I'll throw that out there. She ah. she nails it that much. Yeah. I can't like yeah. I like her better in this than even Memento. Like I she's yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I I agree. This is my favorite yeah. Carrie Moss. Everyone Iconic. can fucking fight me. Fuck yeah, I mean, and honestly, I if I was gonna pick a real one, it, it's definitely her throwing that fucking match at that shed and burning those two bodies. It's just the nice. best. It's gangster as fuck. It's so fucking hard. No matter what other zombie kills are in this film, there is nothing as cold-hearted or badass as her throwing that fucking match on the pyre. I would I would beg to differ and pardon the pun, but I feel it's warm heart because she is thinking about her son. That's, That's it. good, yeah. You know what I mean? She she is like she's not being a cold blooded killer. She's killing something that's already cold blooded because it tried to kill her son, and that's the thing that she the only thing that warms her heart. Her husband don't give a fuck. Fuck that motherfucker. And then the only other thing around her is a cold hearted zombie. But then you got this fucking kid. That's the only thing she's got to care about. She doesn't have a dog, a cat, nothing. No, she she only has Timmy, Timmy Robinson in the film. Fido, which that was portrayed by the, by the actor K. Sun Ray, and I'd like to talk about K. Sun Ray for just a film minute here. Okay, um, he Please. was a child actor. He was in a couple of different things, most notably this film. Like this is definitely his biggest role. He looks like a lot of other little white boy actors that have been in a bunch of different films. He looks like the kid from The Sandlot. He looks like a lot of other fucking little white kids. He almost looks like Macaulay Culkin too. But K. Sun Ray's career in acting tragically came to an end in October of 2011 when he was caught breaking into a Verizon store with a fucking gun and a bunch of burglary tools. And he got fucking arrested and popped for that shit, dude. Got a bunch of drug shots on the internet that you can find and stuff. Um, 
Yeah, he ended up getting fucking paying a $25,000 bond and going to court for it and stuff. I can't find much more about it, but this it, motherfucker yeah. definitely got hit up with some fucking meth later on in life, like fucking five years after this shit and tried to break into a cell phone store where they really don't even have any money. Hey, parents, <laughs> don't put your kids in Hollywood. Ever, ever. I know one person, one person that grew up in show business that is the best dude ever. We all know the same person. We know who it is. He's the best guy in the world. He's never had a drink. He's never done drugs. He's the most well-adjusted dude in the world. And he only hangs out with fucking essays and cholos and gangsters and fucking rappers. He's the best guy in the world. He's, but he's a unicorn. Every person that you put around degenerate fucking people that are in the entertainment business are going to do shit like this, especially if they don't have work afterwards. Like, yeah, no, that, that that person in particular is an awesome person. We were having a discussion about Darkwing Duck earlier, um, you know, and I really appreciated that as well. What? But, you were talking to Cody Mac about Darkwing Duck. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll have to send I'm you the Darkwing Duck know. rap. I sent it to him. Uh, oh, yeah, dude. I love Darkwing Duck. That shit rules. Uh, yeah. yeah, it does. I'm, I'm so, mad at both of you for not including me in this conversation. Okay, go ahead. All right. Um, we got to talk about the fist fight. We got to do side character fist fight. And oh, Jobber, Jobber Royale. I'm so excited about this. What do you got? I got to bring in the meth character, man. I just got to bring in Timmy five years later, fucking coked out on meth, breaking oh, into a fucking Verizon store. I'm bringing it in from, from out of the ring, dude. Like, we're bringing him from out of the fucking sidelines right now. You think that this guy's a spectator of this entire fucking thing, right? But That's all not- of a sudden, you realize that he's the main fucking character, and it's just five years later, and he's on fucking meth breaking into a Verizon store. He's coming into the ring. He's coming into the ring. Who's going to fucking go up against this motherfucker? What? No, no, no. Terry. Mr. Theoopolis. Mr. Theoopolis or meth out ten, oh, this five years after this film takes place. All right. I don't want to allow this. I know you don't. You don't want to allow my fights, but you know I have to bring these ringers in, man. Hold on. I'm the commander. Let me let me command this situation for just a moment. Okay. I'm not. I I don't think I'm prepared to allow this. Timmy, the methed out. That's his name's not Timmy. (laughs) You just made up a bad name or K son. Yes, you made you took a, a you took the story of the actor that played young sweet Timmy, who is also the motherfucker. That's the same name as the kid that had Lassie. All right, that's a reference to that. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, this fucking motherfucker yes, gets fucked out, fucked around in Hollywood. Can't do a fucking dog food commercial, and so he starts fucking doing meth and and breaking into Verizon stores. And you're gonna bring that dude on some weird video drone back to the future bullshit into this movie and make it a side character? I'm not really having that, man. 
that's not a side character. That's just that's just the actor that played one of the main characters. You're not going to allow it. I d- I will I will defer. Okay, I'm saying no, Gene. You want to allow it? If you want to allow it, Gene, I'll go. We'll do this. I think okay. Um, Jobba Royale was obviously it's all a reference to the best professional wrestling WWE etc so there are the legend contracts when you have the Undertaker come in 20 years after his ever since he had his last fight to come in and fight the new guns yeah so it does work in that aspect but the commander is right that it's the real person and not the character itself so I would allow it if you had young Timmy on meth 20 years later that actually might have worked yes um, but, I mean, you want to go, you want to go Timmy 15 years later against old man fucking Theonopolis? Yeah, to be fair. Which, um, by the Fidia, way, uh, by the way, the has another, to age 15 years. Go. I have, I have another point to make. I still think Mr. Theonopolis is a fucking reference to, um, what was that? Uh, good times. Remember where the bike shop owner was molesting the kids? Oh fuck, dude! I didn't even realize that shit. That's yeah. so fucked, man. Remember, remember the part in the movie where the fucking where he specific this it weirded me out, and I never liked him from there on out. I mean, I liked how gangster he got after T- uh, Tammy got shot, but there's a part where he says, "Oh yeah, I got her. Her mom and her were going to get ice cream," and I went, "That was a little girl, dude. That was a little girl." This is the 19 goddamn fucking 50s. That was a little girl. Right. Ain't no fucking, ain't no grown ass woman going with their mom to get ice cream when they're adults in the 50s. Stop it. So, yeah, that's a, Papadopoulos, that was his name. And in good times, I think. Not good times. Fuck. What was that? Interesting. Interesting. But you know what I'm talking about, Terry. You watched that show too. You've seen that shit yeah. with the bike shop owner where you molested him. Webster. Yeah. Who's what? What was what's the movie show with Webster? It was just Webster, wasn't it? Webster. Yeah. Okay, that might have been it. That might have been it. That might have been it. Anyway, yeah. I um, if if Gene is content to allow, if we're gonna make the modification of this is Timmy methed out what ten years later because he's sixteen years old now, and it's old fucking papadopoulos which shall be his name now um yeah i mean i got a backup if you don't want to do it i I, i'm okay to do this i just want it okayed by the committee i'm the commander that's how i have to do things i have to go by military code (laughs) okay military man i swear (laughs) to god dude all right we're gonna do this one quick and then i got a backup too okay fine timmy timmy is going to fuck this cat up because this motherfucker yeah. smokes cigarettes and bangs children all day. He's got no breath left in him. He's he's kind of gangster. He could take a zombie bite and he could fucking fight and shit. But this Timmy is high on meth and he's way younger and doesn't smoke cigarettes. Yeah, I'm saying meth yeah. wins too. Meth wins. Okay. Superpowered meth strength. Superpowered meth psychosis wins at the end of the day, 100%. Yeah. Here's, right, here's cool. what's the Number second two. on... I got another one. I got another one for you. Man. But, but wait, wait. I'm going to say one thing before you say this. I would <laughs> like, before you even tell me what this is, as the commander who vetoed the first one, but we still did it, I would like to decide 
which one is more erroneous and therefore which winner goes into the next game. That, that's fine. That's fine. I, yeah. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Um, Baron? Okay. And if Reverend's happy, he came up with that. You know, it was his turn, so I'm fine with that. Yes. Very well. Go ahead, All sir. Right. Well, then I got I got another match. We did two matches this fucking one. So, double team. You got the two bullies versus Mr. Bottoms as a zombie. God damn it, dude! That's even the one I would have done. That's a great one. <laughs> okay, so sixteen-year-old Timmy on meth. I gotta write this down. Hold on. Uh, okay, versus, so it's a handicap. It's a handicap match, as they call it in the biz. Two against one. Yep. Correct. I mean, they're kids, so, though, man. Well, it's it's just like in the WWE, we'd have midget fights. So you've got midget fights versus two midgets versus a jobber. That's what's happening here. Yeah. He's got you there, man. Okay, I mean, so you got so. what was it? It was the two bullies. The two versus two bully versus, kids versus Mr. Bottoms zombie. Mr. Oh, Bottoms zombie. Yeah, that actually Bottoms. Wait, are the two bullies still alive, or are they, or are they zombie bullies? They're they're alive. They're alive kids. No guns. Okay, that, maybe a slingshot. That makes it better. They you if can't you give want. them slingshots. Yes. They they used guns. They used guns. Yes. Do we have shenanigans allowed? Is there stuff under the ring? Like, can they pull out guns, tables? I, it's either it's either no weapons or it's the weapons they yeah. use. Uh, okay, okay, no guns yes. then. No guns. Okay, no guns. Uh, yeah, um, I'm gonna. I'll go ahead and set this off. Mr. Bottoms is gonna take that. those kids. Can't fucking fight. They're pussies. They 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 they're bullies that gang up on weaker children that won't fight back. And there's always two of them. Um, yeah. Not only do I not think they would win this fight, I think they would run. These kids are not fucking brave. They're sissies. Mr. Bottoms wins all day. I go with that too, man. Honestly, I, I don't yeah. think that they'd be able to fucking take it. They're going to fucking drop under the heat. And in this film, in this zombie zeitgeist that we have going on, a lot of these people still have their fucking humanity. And Mr. Bottoms was like the fucking top zombie killer. He's going to take these kids out living or dead pretty damn yeah. quickly he, he had a he had a fucking news clipping from when he was in the war that said 500 kills that was when he was in the war yeah. god knows how many it is after that it's thousands probably but uh yeah i mean obviously it's been decided but i do want to hear what you have to say baron yeah, no, that's it, gentlemen. You're 100% correct. I do concur. Uh, the 500 kills in the war. We saw Bub when he picked up uh, the rotund uh, little Hitler youth punk, threw him into the bushes. Um, Captain Bottoms is going to come with even more aggression, strength, ability. Um, he's just going to have a field day with him. It's going to be a squash match. Yeah, it's, do, yeah. Bottoms do you want to speak, speak even more to that? Look at how fucking uh, Fido treats people like that that are nearby him that show him the least amount of respect and 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 love he cares for them like he'll fight. he's like i care for these people more than anything and Absolutely. that's his humanity you know what i mean yeah. right if yeah. that's what's and left over then your man mr bottoms has got a lot of fucking violence in him especially if all of the, if all of the veil has dropped, or he doesn't have to pretend to be behind the white picket fence and be the nice guy in the suit taking care of his family, he doesn't have a family anymore. He doesn't care about anything. 
So all that's left of his personality is anger and violence. Fuck yeah, yeah towards that said, the pretense has dropped. He had no barely any humanity. It was a facade. To begin with, when he gets in the ring as a zombie, um, he's going to eat these children. <laughs> he's just basically going right. to eat them. They're going to have to bring in the refs, call in the ambulances. Yeah, it's a bloodbath. Get him a body yeah. bag, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> That's from Karate Kid. All right, man. <laughs> let's let's do some uh, ratings then. Let's rate this motherfucker. Sure. All right, sure. You want to go first, or I'll go first, man. Go uh, you know, show, honestly, I am going to go with an eight out of ten on this. Um, that's very easy for me to say to do. Uh, it's a brilliant fucking piece of cinematic history. And I I really love this film for the fact that it's a one-off. I really like these movies where it's something that was someone's original idea. They put it forward, and it's that you worked your entire life for your first film. You know, mm -hmm. that is the essence of a lot of what's going on with this. It has a phenomenal fucking cast. The gore is good. The fucking sarcasm's good in it. it it's really fucking good. Um, the only thing it's missing is, you know, some nudity maybe. But other than that, I I give this 8 out of 10 at least. Um, I'm going to say that this is like a fucking brain tumor. Um, it's going to always be it, – it's, it's that – residual lump that's in the back of everyone's fucking eye sockets from all the cancer-ridden shit that we walk around in this goddamn country it's right there it's right there for us to fucking see and it's gonna constantly be there putting pressure on your fucking brain like a brain tumor eight out of ten i see that i see that uh if i may commander um i'll give this is i will give this a seven out of ten uh, you guys listening to your fine selves there, gentlemen, um, have upped my rating for what I initially gave it. I was sitting at about a 6 or a 6.5. But the way you've described how clever this film is, like the points that it is making, especially when it all ends up still being behind the white picket fence, even though people have found their humanity still within the system, so it is very clever. And that way, more, um, more ways than I initially realised. So that's why I'm giving it a 7. Because, you know, as you both know, Kitsch, Camp horror is my, particularly my favorite. I don't watch a lot of it, but this is probably the finest example that I have seen of it. So thank you for showing me this film. Um, and I will uh, liken it to necrofasciitis, you know, the flesh eating <laughs> disease. <laughs> um, starts off as a little bite, a little hole, grows bigger and bigger because the charm of this movie will spread <laughs> like a flesh eating disease and take over you by the end of it and you'll grow to love it. Yeah. So definitely seven out of 10 necrofasciitis, Commander. Fair enough. I, I like that. I like, I'm with both of you. I, I um, didn't know you thought of it as lowly and then it came, I'm glad it came up. Um, although I wouldn't have been like upset with a six, but I, I tend, I think our listeners probably have figured out, I rate things kind of high. So if, if I rate something low for the future reference, if I rate something low, you'll know I got smoked with it. Um, this is an eight five, and that's me being reserved. I, I thought about nine, but it's not it's not that good. That's not fair. 
I'm going eight five because once again, it's partly it's my love of of reimagined period pieces. Um, but shitting on fascism, putting over feminism, doing it in a funny way, and playing homage to quite literally the films that brought me to be on this podcast. I can't mm-hmm. overstate that enough. Those are those are my favorite things to do. <laughs> I mean, so um, this is a brilliant, um, brilliant uh, look from and from from somebody that's not. You got to understand, this is not a, a look from somebody in Istanbul. This is a look from somebody who is quite literally looking over the goddamn fence. Like they, like they can hear our that. parties when they're trying to go to sleep, and they're like, "What the fuck are you doing over there?" Th- this is this is a fucking absolutely perfect, brilliant look at American society. Yeah. Quite yeah. honestly, it, it's it's relevant today, um, and I will liken this to skin cancer, and I'll tell you fucking why. This is something fascism and and denying women's rights and ignoring things around you are not going to eat you from the inside out, but from the outside in. And everybody should probably fucking know that it's going to start with your skin and wind up at your spleen. And by, by the time it gets to your heart, it's a fucking mummy wrap for you. This is a fucking, absolutely a brilliant fucking movie and everyone should watch it. Well, I love it, guys. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us on this exciting edition of Man Bites Pod. Um, I'm really excited for the next episode, and I would like to say good night and enjoy all of yourselves. Um, look over those picket fences because there's some fucked up shit behind there. <laughs> yeah, behind closed doors, the whole world is smut. <laughs> When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.